welcome everybody to this week's B-Side of Dead Punnett Society. As a reminder, joining us for the A-Side, the YouTube video as well. People should check out the YouTube channel if you haven't checked it out already. If you prefer to see that live and in person, see our beautiful mugs on your computer or iPhone screen or smartphone screen, check out the YouTube channel that is linked to in the show description. But we discussed there this really important MSNBC expose, or rather I should say that it was an expose about MSNBC. It was a cover story of In These Times magazine written by Branko Marchetich, who is my uh, co-host, my my uh, my partner in crime for today's B-side, my co-presenter, as they say in New Zealand, perhaps. Branko, <laughs> how you doing? Uh, good. I, I think we also have the term co-host in New Zealand. Do you know? No, no. It's not. I think the best thing about British media is they don't call them hosts; they call them presenters. I'd like to be a presenter. This it's like I'm presenting. A, yeah, yeah. I'm presenting you with a story today. It's 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 like a. Right. It feels very collaborative. It's it's nice. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's yeah, actually, it's something I've never thought about before. This is one of these like cultural things that you don't really notice until um, someone you know from from the U.S. or something kind of notices it. But yeah, I. It probably is the case that we say presenter, and then we. I feel like we say host as well, but maybe host is more for the, like, like a, say like an American Idol, like the guy who, mm. um, or in the voice, the sort of Carson Daly uh, type role. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to, this is very, very crucial. I'm going to have to really think about this. And invest yeah. In this. So fuck it. My co-presenter today is Branko Marchetich. He is a staff writer at Jacobin Magazine, also a contributor at In These Times. And we're going to be talking about uh, a couple of pieces from both uh, outlets beacons of left democratic socialist and progressive media that they are people should be supporting those and reading those on a regular basis this piece the cover story that we chatted about in the a side is called msnbc is the most influential network among liberals and it's ignoring bernie sanders that headline is certainly not news for almost anyone who's listening to this right now but what is news is the fact that it's now backed that assertion is now backed by empirical evidence give us the TLDR, the elevator speech about that study, Branco, for folks who may not have heard the A-side or maybe it's been a while since they've heard the A-side. Uh, give us a refresher on what that study was and just in very brief what, what you found. Uh, MSNBC loves Biden, covers him monomaniacally. They cover Sanders the least and most negatively, Elizabeth Warren also comparably un- undercovered to Sanders, though a little more. But uh, overwhelmingly much more positive coverage, uh, the most positive out of any of the top three. And no Buttigieg, I, I have to have to yeah. that, unfortunately. That, that was a hell of – you know, that was like a six-story elevator ride that you just covered. Yeah, that was very <laughs> impressive. Maybe five. Maybe five floors. Yeah. You know? Well, I, one more floor. Uh, also, the coverage is entirely about polls and electability, uh, electability and, in, and almost – completely devoid of policy and, you know, things like donations, uh, where people are getting their money from, that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. So we went down to the lower parking deck, which is where I was parked <laughs> anyway. So that's fine. It's fine. Fair play. So, uh, yeah, in essence, they discovered that, you know, the leading tastemaker, the newsmaker, the influence peddler on cable news, MSNBC, is very strongly tilted against Bernie Sanders and, and the progressive agenda and, and is, in fact, trying to prop up a vision of Joe Biden that is uh, that will be extraordinarily foreign to anyone who's paying attention to the Joe Biden of today. As you brought up uh, towards the end of the A side, Branco, you know the Joe Biden they're they're sort of 
portraying is this kind of polished, charming, witty, smiling, gunslinging type of, you know, sort of right-wing centrist, post-neoliberal, blue-collar era style. Po- How many other adjectives and modifiers can I come <laughs> up with here? But you know, that, 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 the Joe Biden of yesteryear, if, if that was ever a reality, and it seems that it was more mythos than reality, more mythology, mm. if that was ever the case, it certainly isn't now. He's a bumbling, stumbling idiot on that debate stage and, and on the campaign trail. Um, or the designated driver, if you believe, <laughs> as, as he referred to him. God knows Chris Matthews uh, desperately needs a designated driver. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I will I'll go on the record saying right now, I would be very afraid to ride in any car that Joe Biden was driving. Uh, yeah, no. I, I, a guy who can't even remember Obama's uh, name. I don't know if I trust being behind no. the wheel of a car. Not at all. Not at all. So it's, in essence, they're they're propping up a very skewed vision of socio-cultural and political and economic reality for an audience that is increasingly influential in the kind of liberal spe- sphere of of politics in the world. We're talking about dentists and and you know school teachers and uh, clergy members and and these kind of more well-to-do upper middle class liberals who tend to be more aged as most cable news viewers are and who who tend to vote in large numbers which is why this 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 type of bias is is so potentially damning and as we sort of hinted throughout the entire a side uh, this leaves us open to repeating the same similar mistake uh, that we made in 2016, which was hitching our wagons to a completely failed enterprise, <laughs> the completely failed enterprise of Hillary Clinton. Uh, expound on that for us a little bit. What what we might see in 2020 if these if these jackasses don't uh, <laughs> don't get it right pretty soon. I would argue this would be an even bigger mistake. Joe Biden, every single thing that made Clinton a flawed candidate and that was eventually exploited, not just by Sanders but by eventually Trump in the general election. Biden has that to an even more insane degree. You know, Clinton uh, said the thing about super predators back in the 90s. That video was very controversial during the election. Well, Joe Biden didn't just use that exact same kind of verbiage, you know, the, the idea of like youth predators. He has a terrible criminal justice record. He, he was not single-handedly, but he was one of the key architects of the, of the system of mass incarceration that's just destroyed communities and lives um, across the United States, uh, disproportionately among uh, you know, people of color. Um, you've, you have his, his chumminess with uh, credit card companies at whose behest he really screwed over um, a lot of middle, middle class and, 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 and poorer families who were yeah. mired in debt increasingly through the 90s and beyond with that 2005 bankruptcy bill. You have, you know, Clinton's uh, war hawkishness really hurt her as well, especially in, in key parts of those states that, that Trump ended up flipping from, from Democrats over to Republicans. Well, Biden Biden has, since the 80s, he has this just kind of pristine record of just constantly wanting uh, intervention in various countries. And of course, he was, you know, people people say this whole thing, oh, he voted for the Iraq war. Uh, Sanders always says it in, in the debates. That's not really true. He didn't just vote for the Iraq war. Biden was instrumental in helping the Iraq war get off the ground. He was very much working in sync with the Bush administration because, and he was the chairman of the foreign relations committee. So he had a very influential, powerful role. Uh, He was key to going on all these, you know, uh, news shows, Sunday shows 
and kind of getting getting over the message that diplomacy with Saddam is is pointless and impossible, and the only way forward is just to, to go to war. I could go on and on and on and on. I mean, the other thing is uh, the Democrats have hitched so much of their their, their anti Trump stuff on this Ukraine scandal, which of course is is um, connected to Biden uh, very closely, not just in the fact that Biden himself was engaged uh, or his son was engaged in, in what's very obvious standard Washington corruption that may not be as extreme as anything Trump has done, but will be used by the Republicans to once again show, oh, this is a guy who is a product of the the uh, the swamp that that Trump has been you know uh, filling up uh, and not doing anything to to alleviate but but nonetheless will use as this kind of like rhetorical punching bag. Yeah. Uh, He's and had a lot that, of success with that rhetorically on the on, on the campaign trail and and these kind of uh, little weird rallies that he does across across the country. Yeah, yeah. Biden and, and would be just, a very easy easy punching bag there. Well, and just to, to 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 say one more thing about that as well. I mean. So much of the, this media coverage is of the Ukraine scandal and, and, and the impeachment inquiry is based on the idea that, yes, okay, so Biden did engage in some light corruption, sure, but ultimately he didn't do what Trump and, and the right are saying he did, which is that he fired the Ukrainian top prosecutor because he was investigating uh, Burisma, which is the gas company that Hunter Biden was sitting on the board of, and Hunter Biden himself. That he didn't, you know, the the idea. This is a debunked conspiracy theory, yeah. and and it may well be wrong. Uh, I mean, Bloomberg reported that the the investigation into Burisma was closed by the time that that Biden uh, fired the prosecutor. Who and Biden says he only fired the prosecutor because he wasn't strong enough, uh, well, strong enough on corruption. However, in was it the end of October or maybe the start of this month, November? The Russian uh, independent newspaper Novaya Gazeta, which uh, you may remember as being the, the sort of vaunted uh, liberal institution in Russia that has that, that has been celebrated by by liberals, you know, anti-Putin people mm-hmm. for for decades because of its uh, very courageous reporting on Kremlin corruption and a whole host of other things. They put out a report. I think it was in the start of November that said that. Actually, the the investigation into Burisma was ongoing when the top prosecutor was fired by Biden. If that is true, if that ends up being true, that would be absolutely catastrophic for not just Biden, but the the entire Democratic Party, which has hitched its whole hopes on, on yet another sort of attempt to oust and delegitimize Trump based on some scandal that whose contours are not clear. You know, uh, they claim they are. But it could, this could end up being a Russiagate-style thing that blows up in the Democrats' faces, particularly if, if indeed Biden did fire this guy when an investigation was ongoing into his son's company. Then Trump can say, "Well, I was completely, I was vindicated. I'm, I'm, I was completely right to, to to coerce the Ukrainian president into this because I was trying to investigate corruption among Ukraine and the Democratic yep. Party." So anyway, that, that which, which, which is the that. legitimate wait, wait, you know exactly right, which is the legitimate, you know, um, not only the the, you know, the how should I put this? Investigating corruption is not only, you know, something that a president can engage in. It's 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 his or her responsibility to investigate corruption. So it's not just that, you know, the yes, they have a free lane to do this and it's, you know, it's not an impeachable offense or even an unethical offense. It's that they must investigate corruption. Now, Trump is a corrupt dude and everybody knows it, but, but don't give your enemies, 
you know, a, a free pass in this way. It's just completely yeah. asinine. Let's let's yeah. pivot back to MSNBC's role in this in terms of doing this. Now we we know, as we discussed in the A side, uh, Rachel Maddow's you know love affair with this kind of high you know high drama scandal uh, business with Russia getting you Russia folks <laughs> Vladimir Vladimir Putin you know. <laughs> Uh, you know, the, the theatrics and, and let's not kid ourselves like this, this gets ratings, this gets yeah, viewers, yeah. this, this gains a viewership. Maddow has made herself filthy, stinking, fucking rich Yeah, by she has, she is now the, uh, you know, I, I could be mistaken on this. There's a lot of big names there on the MSNBC slate, but I mean, she, I think is really the premier figure in MSNBC's evening news lineup because in part and part in large part because of. Her rush, her ability to churn up interest and intrigue in this rush, this so-called RussiaGate scandal, which turned out to be a big pile of you know fucking nothing. <laughs> um, and and so you know so the way that the way that MSNBC is lurching and latching onto this kind of centrist narrative, which completely leaves out the more energetic, the more energized wing of the the party, right? The the ones the people who are fighting and talking about Medicare for all. People were talking about a, a green new deal, a green new industrial revolution. People are talking about immigration issues and, and thinking about, you know, some of the other kinds of um, injustices in our society. You think about the Ilhan Omar's, the courage of AOC, the, you know, the, 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 the integrity and the leadership of Bernie Sanders. That's just all, you know, almost all, but, 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 but vanished in, in that worldview and that frame where you have to focus on the theatrics of scandal. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think like, you know, there's one way to look at this is like it's it's purely kind of like economic driven. Yeah, sure. Halliburton and Boeing are, are you know, spot these kind of war profiteers are sponsoring or sponsoring the program. And so, of course, they're going to have this agenda. But I think there's also a kind of like there's an assessment of of the media in our era that needs to be we need to think about. Right. This kind of way that like clicks need to be generated. Viewership mm-hmm. needs to be generated. Scandal is just a, a ready made way to to thrive in this like high competition media landscape yeah the ratings thing is a big part of it i mean it's it's obviously it is true that you have examples uh through modern uh, u.s history where the kind of corporate overlords of news agencies have kind of sent a memo down and been like oh we don't we don't want this you know or like things have been like fudged to um, protect, say, uh, the parent company of, of, um, of the news outlet that's reporting a story. That definitely has happened. But far more typical and, and maybe even corrosive is, is the, yeah, just that chase, chasing of ratings no matter what, making, making those numbers kind of the be-all and, and, and end-all of, um, of coverage. And funnily enough, actually, Chris Matthews really inadvertently showed how this kind of plays into how, how it then kind of reflects back onto the worldview of the people who run uh, MSMEC, the, the anchors, the, the staffers for those anchors, because um, in the lead up to the debate, uh, the, the last debate, MSMEC was basically, they were desperate to make it the, the debate all about Trump, right? They, they, in the, the pre-show was all about, you know, oh, I, you know, well, we just saw these impeachment hearings. I think what's going to happen now is this is going to be all about Trump. You know, it's like it's not about the differences between these candidates. It's all about it's all about this man, you know, which is, of course, replicating the 2016 um, sort of Democratic strategy. And Chris Matthews said, you know, the, the Democratic Party, it's an anti-Trump party. 
Uh, I'm looking at our ratings, and I'm seeing you know this is what people want to watch. They want to they want to watch uh, the downfall of the Trump administration. And I think you know this party really only has one passion going into the uh, primaries, and that's defeating Trump. Now, certainly there are definitely people who, well, <laughs> I think everyone wants Trump out, of course, um, and there are definitely people who have no other interest besides just getting rid of Trump. Um, but the idea that the entire party, that the entire voting public, or even people who are going to vote in the Democratic primary, only want to get rid of Trump and have no interest in what happens after that. Yeah. Um, it's ridiculous, but it's it's a ridiculous notion that is entirely driven by Chris Matthews uh, looking at his ratings, and, mm-hmm. and 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 that's what shapes his worldview. And so, I mean, yeah, I, I just love that line. If people can find find it, if they can find the pre-show and see the clip. It's really remarkable because it basically mm-hmm. he goes on and, and admits it. He says, you know, yeah. basically the the quest for ratings uh, determines how and what we cover. And you know, we saw Chris Matthews thumbing the scale in in the post debate interviews with candidate after candidate. You know, so given that socialism surely can't beat Trump, uh, what do we need to do? You know, in order to beat Trump? That, I mean, it was just I mean, it was always <laughs> prefacing his answers, just really showing his ass. Well, there was or, like showing his hand, rather I should say. <laughs> uh, I mean, like you know, both at the same time. Right. Well, there was that great clip of him uh, complaining about. Uh, Sanders using the word uh, corrupt to describe the political system, which he's been doing for like five years. So I'm not sure why he's all of a sudden taking objection to it. But you know where he's going. Corrupt? Corrupt? Bernie? Corrupt? Think about what you're saying here. That's pretty strong. (laughs) How dare you, sir? You know, our venerable institutions of representative democracy. Like, shut the fuck up, Chris. Yeah. 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 yeah, a system where people are literally just taking in millions of dollars right. from uh, yeah. business interests. No, 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 totally, totally above board. Nothing corrupting about that. Have you no shame, sir? Says uh, <laughs> yeah, Amy right. Amy Klobuchar uh, during the debate <laughs> at one point, which I just fucking lost it. Like, oh, I mean, just the liberals were just, uh, sort of just This concludes your free teaser of this week's B side. Head over to patreon.com slash deadpundits and subscribe today to hear the rest of this episode and to double your DPS pleasure each week.